Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Life Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Will Delgado, joined with Evan Coleman, Wilbur Kakowski, Gavin Afante. So today, guys, as you might have heard, um, we have uh, two returning uh, guests. One is a veteran, Evan Coleman, being on all three episodes so far. This is Will's, uh, Will R's second episode, but today we have a uh, special guest on the show. If you want to introduce yourself, Gavin. Hey guys, I'm Gavin. Anything introducing about anything uh, interesting about you? They'd like to speak to the uh, audience, whether they've been listening on Spotify, Apple Music, or any major uh, streaming platform. Uh, I like Apple Music. All right, Gavin. So, thank you for the uh, somewhat awkward, uh, <laughs> but uh, telling introduction. I'm just gonna say Apple. I'm, I'm Spotify all the way. Yeah, but so much uh, I guess you're the no outcast way. already, I'm not Gavin. To pay all that money just Bro, to what are you talking about <laughs> apple just music literally is like 13 music. bucks a month exactly. i pay just like i pay like six bucks just a month to for... have the privilege to pay, to play my songs in the order i like what you can Bro. dude you can literally make a queue in spotify i know you can literally make a queue in spotify plus spotify has a student like bundle thing and i'm paying like five dollars or it's six bucks a month now but is that hulu or hbo max yeah, it has both. It's, oh, it's both? Yeah. What? The student bundle has uh, HBO Max, Hulu, and Spotify for yeah. like $4 or 6 bucks a month. I got to get right when I get home. They used to... I'm canceling it today. They Well, they used to have Showtime, but Showtime took it off. Right. But yeah. anyway, a little bit about uh, me. Uh, I'm your host of this podcast. Uh, basically, um, I'm really into television, radio, and film. It's one of my two majors uh, at Syracuse University. And... Um, yeah, I, I've kind of just done a lot with videography, photography. Uh, I did some filmmaking, uh, during my high school years. Now kind of transitioning now to, uh, like sports and, um, hype for hype videography. Uh, and I also wanted to try out podcasting because I think it's a really interesting thing. Um, it's kind of something that's really hit our generation pretty hard too. I think it's kind of interesting too, that something so, I mean, I guess for lack of a better term, boring on paper has like evolved to be something so interesting in our generation like something you'll see on tiktok like every day just podcasts especially my for you page but that's a little bit about me your host and uh i guess i'll pass the baton on to evan to talk about himself so i was thinking that if we do ever post on you know tiktok like you see on those we got to put at least subway surfers or some sort of game <laughs> on the bottom to keep people it's literally it's Dude, literally all they do time. <laughs> every time the subway surfers stuff. So subway surfers i'm not gonna play. lie though it kind of works though at the same <laughs> really time does. you just like pay attention to subway surfers while listening, listening to yeah. well because like it's like okay. two two sources of stimulation right. like you get bored of what you're watching so you watch the subway surfers <laughs> thing and then you go back up and you just switch back and forth i always see in the comment section people like did everyone get really mad when he like you know the flip knife game yeah it was like the times five times ten times fifty oh yeah yeah i know yeah, what you're talking and, about and, like you have to get it for like an extra it's 50 addictive. everyone's like in the, the mobile game ads yeah, everyone in the comments like did anyone else get really mad when he didn't get the times 50 and he's like 0. 0.2 centimeters off facts so we got to get one of those going on it's like darn we do be pretty cool facts. where are you going to school evan where am i going to school i'm going to do community college right now and then i will be transferring to umass amherst for engineering notice ladies and gentlemen i know there's some people from syracuse that i know that are listening to this notice how we said amherst and not amherst and we're natives <laughs> to this area so stop with the freaking amherst bs because it's just wrong it's wrong and that's from the natives over here in western massachusetts by the way from uh Holyoke Media Center. Thank you so much, guys, for letting us use your studio. Um, but anything else you want to say to everyone, Evan? I just hope you all are having a great day so far. It was beautiful today, at least over here. Don't know where you're listening from. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a great podcast. A lot of going to be said, and yeah. I'll pass it to Will. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, Will here. Uh, I'm a student at UMass Amherst, currently in engineering, like uh, Evan. And... Um, have a lot of uh i have a lot of opinions on film that i want to share with you guys and that's why i'm here today awesome and uh, if you guys haven't noticed both me and the i have the same name as the other will sitting across from me right now so this is going to be like as we call it a double will threat or will squared podcast uh right now so we're gonna just uh it's a little bit about us and again i encourage you guys get to gavin no, he no, he gave his introduction. Bro, he said Apple Music. <laughs> I, I I know what I'm doing now. I can give a little bit more. Okay. Insight. Well, I thought that's all he had to say. I thought he'd be one of those people <laughs> that was know. like, 
Now, here's what I thought. I thought Gavin was going to be, like, purposefully, like, kind of timid and then just open up, like, crazy, like, towards the podcast. I know what I'm doing. I, I thought you were playing that card. But, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'm into, hi, guys, I'm Gavin. Uh, I'm in high school currently, a bit younger than these guys. I'm into, um, you know, politics, government, lots of things like that. Um, I want to major in criminal justice when I get to college. Um, I'd like to go to UMass Amherst, but they don't have criminal justice for some reason. Um, I like, I'm an all state cross country and track runner. I used to dabble in basketball with Will, not the Will that does this podcast. Well, we're both doing the podcast. (laughs) You got to specify which one. Um, The host? You mean the host or or Will R? The Will R, the not host. Okay. And I um, (laughs) coach basketball. I guess that's a bit about me. Awesome. Awesome. I love sports. Yeah, I think we all do kind of love a little bit of sports here and there. And that's what makes us such a diverse friend group here. Um, but we're going to go ahead and jump right into the uh, rundown of today's podcast. So that's a little bit about us. Um, so we'll go into, as always, our news and updates. Um, it's going to be very depressing. So I guess cue the cue the tiny violin and uh, the sad music. And un- unfortunately, we're loaded with some depressing news. Uh, and then we'll go ahead and uh, toss it in over to Sound of Freedom. Will and I actually talked uh, last week about our theories and, uh, as to what the heck's been going on in theaters with this movie. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, um, we have our own uh, theory. We had our own theories. We watched it, so we'll discuss that. Uh, we'll take a quick break after that, and then we'll head over to the mainstream uh, entertainment uh, trends that we see uh, right now in Hollywood. Basically, um, the, these the headlines of what's been going on uh, in uh, television, radio, and film uh, in that industry, and and some music as well. Well. As always, toss it to my one of my my favorite segment, actually the throwback segment, uh, meaning like what's been released on this day, uh, and what has already released um, in current times, um, and then we'll go ahead and go into our uh, our, our closing thoughts. And if if uh, I know uh, a couple, I guess last week, uh, two pretty big albums dropped. Um, so if you guys have any opinions on that or like to share uh, what you think, um, you can go ahead and we can go ahead and talk about it as well. And for those of you at home right now listening. Uh, and you can go ahead and tune into at uh, Real Life Podcast on Instagram uh, or send us an email at podreallife at gmail.com. So let's get right in. Let's get over. Let's get it over with here with the, uh, the sadness and the uh, sad news, I guess. Um, Angus Cloud, uh, the uh, popular Euphoria actor, um, has died this past week. I think it was on Monday. Uh, at the very young age of 25 really sad uh especially like us three will uh evan and me because we're pretty close uh we're not too far off only five years away uh, from being 25 um so really sad to, to hear um such a i guess you could say impactful person um and such an impactful series on our generation uh, has gone so quick yeah um angus cloud was just a tremendous actor and um in particular, the uh, role he played as, as Fezco in Euphoria, um, he was just a perfect fit for that role. And um, I don't know if you know, guys noticed, but he was actually picked off the street um, to play this role uh, as Fezco. And uh, he became like overnight just a, uh, a celebrity because of just how well he uh, played the role, um, how passionate he was for acting, and just a really tragic loss for the, uh, for the uh, Hollywood community. And just all of us as a whole, um, sending our thoughts and prayers to his family and um, uh, others at this time that may be affected by his death. Yeah, and so the official cause of death um, wasn't confirmed yet, but TMZ reported it in Oakland, California, um, with a tabloid rumoring that it it had something to do with an overdose. Uh, His family um, obviously commented that they were expressing deep sorrow um, and... Um, utter sadness of, of these news and that they were also kind of saying that he also was struggling with a lot of um, sadness and uh, he was pretty low um, after he lost so so Angus Cloud lost his father like I think like two weeks ago before he, he himself passed so um, they were kind of just talking about how he was in a rough place um, prior to his passing, passing excuse me um, I just wanted to say that considering that the role that he played and the role that others play in a show of euphoria just has so much to do with struggles with mental health and addiction it just feels like some sort of a sick joke that that is happening to like what he was portraying like 
it's just very sad and um, definitely a topic that we need to address more and be more cautious of is uh, the mental health of teenagers and um, substance abuse and two things that euphoria that the show does uh, highlight very well but also very explicitly so just a, just a very uh, sad incident to happen right uh, I've never myself seen the show but I have heard great things and great things from the actors um, I know it can be very not as lifelike these you know TV shows and films where they have like a whole bunch of older people playing these young kids but it still happens to all these young kids and older people and I know how hard it can be and I I mean, it's just really sad to hear that even though, you know, I haven't watched the show, it's just, you know, pains me to see all these young people go. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, and, and I know, Will, you kind of mentioned something about the actors. Uh, you and Evan both talked about how the actors have done a great job talking about, um, or, or, or uh, sorry, portraying those roles uh, and that a lot of people were saying nice things about them. So, um, Zendaya among them, Cindy Sweeney, uh, and I think Sam... Um, Livingston um, were were paying um, tributes all over social media um, uh, to to Angus. So uh, again, really really sad thing um, for uh, for those who are you know huge fans of him and and for just the entertainment industry as a whole. Because um, as you said, Will, he was a uh, unlikely uh, I guess you could say was uh, was casted. Um, against odds from what it sounded like so really sad to see such a story like that come to an end um but the good news about this is that he had finished filming two movies prior to his passing so we will get to see him on screen um at least two more times um and uh those movies were uh filming radio uh silence uh excuse me radio silence and um another thriller both the thrillers uh called uh your lucky day so again for those of you who are listening right now uh, Angus Clouds passed away last uh, this past Monday, so our uh, our uh, prayers and our condolences are to the family and everyone in that community that has been impacted by his passing. So, I guess we're gonna go back again to another uh, unfortunate passing, and that's Paul Rubens. You guys know who Paul Rubens uh, was fam- most famously known for. Yes, yes, I do. Who's that? Who's that, Kevin? Pee Wee Herman. Wee Herman. Did you watch Wee Herman, Gavin? Or? I dabbled in it when I went to my grandma's house. How do you do you? So you dabbled in it. How how long ago was this? I guess probably like ten years ago. It's okay. Old. Do you remember? Do you have any recollection of it or no? It was odd, but I mean, I not too much. Could you have felt? Could you have like now being? the age you are and having the maturity level you are could you have seen can you see why it's had such an impact on um many people's lives i guess and viewers of this show for sure i mean watching this show um i mean it's just it's good to connect with people when you watch it it's just it's a good show and yeah so this show that we're talking about here um was created in this 1978 um, and um, it kind of just aired onward. He was in films uh, called Pee Wee's Big Adventure, um, Big Top Pee Wee, uh, and uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse as well. Um, which would which would air almost ten years from eighty six to ninety one uh, in the late nineteen hundreds. So, um, but he also uh, was arrested though in nineteen ninety one. So <laughs> he's got a lot of um. He had a little bit of a controversy, not as much as Ang- uh, as Angus did, uh, as Angus Cloud did, because he wasn't. He had a relatively clean record on his accounts, but in uh, um, I think it was nineteen uh, ninety one that he was uh, arrested for indecent <laughs> indecent exposure, and this guy kind of dealt with a lot of kids in his career, so that's kind of a bit of a controversial thing um, that surrounds people wondering why Pee Wee Herman is kind of um, lifted to this platform of influence and uh, sadness. So that's that. So we got the two big the two big elephants out of the room with Angus Cloud and Paul Rubens. May they both rest in peace. But some more lighthearted but also sort of sad news. I mean, I don't know if I really count this as sad. I count this more as really interesting and I'm also kind of excited to hear something like this. So 
Netflix is releasing or debuting, um, or they did actually uh, about two days ago, uh, a movie called um, Poisoned, or a documentary called Poisoned, um, The Dirty Truth About Your Food. So it premiered on August 2nd. Unfortunately, haven't had time to see it. I don't think anyone in this room has. But um, it is based on a best-selling book um, that, that kind of just basically goes into what happened with the E. coli outbreak that also ultimately changed kind of how the way us as Americans ate. And the documentary is basically just, if you haven't guessed already, exposing the dangers of foodborne illnesses and kind of the alarming shortcomings of food uh, and the regulatory system in the United States. So, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of things that we need to look at when it comes to uh, food here and um, a lot of places that you go to. You got to be a little um, suspect about what you're uh, putting in your body because um, it's just a lot of really bad things for you. And especially in America. Yeah, especially in America, like people like from other countries will come over here and eat our food and just like be so sick from it because some places like McDonald's or like, I mean, not to shout out McDonald's, but like, yeah, Mc, McDonald's is just gross. Like the things that they put in their food. It's not real chicken and their chicken not, tenders, yeah. but people will st- chicken nuggets. And I'm yeah. guilty of myself saying this. I'll still eat it so on a rare occasion when I'm desperate or I'm just like, dude, I've had experiences with McNuggets that <laughs> haunt me to this day, dude. Haunt me. Couldn't Don't eat more. the McNuggets. The chicken fries. That's from that's yeah. from uh, Burger King. Oh, yep. that was slap though. I mean, it's still the same thing. Are these fast food places, dude? It's just it's not. It's not real food, food. and it, and it's freaking crazy expensive anyway. Right. Like it's really, it's like ten bucks for like a ten piece nugget now. It is a it's dollar like, a nugget. It's like yeah. crazy expensive now for like absolutely no reason. I mean, like well, the reason being inflation, but still, like you're serving me a bunch of junk food. Might as well spend an extra four dollars to get like something decent and spending. You know, I'd rather spend like fifteen dollars on like something that isn't fake chicken than like go to Burger right. King and spend ten dollars on like their chicken. Right. Burger King actually has a dollar ninety nine nuggets, just so you know, Papa. Burger King is way is terrible. Yeah, but what is it? It's uh it's ten nuggets, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, eight nuggets for two dollars. That's like not even gonna sustain me though. No. Like you and then people wonder why they walk around like zombies, like tired and like drained right. and not enough energy. It's because the food we're eating, guys. I agree. And I feel like it's taken us so long to get to the point. I mean, like, granted, I, I do know that there have been a series of publications and, like, um, investigative journalism that's happened towards the food industry. But I feel like there's still a lot of people who, ne- like, kind of just neglect that or or just aren't educated enough on food or worse, worse off and probably the most likely cause, they just can't afford to have access to, like, good food. Because it's so, number one, it's scarce in a sense that it's like super disproportionate across the grocery stores to the junk food, and because it's expense more expensive, obviously. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the choice that you got to make, and uh, yeah, it can be harder for some people, but it's just so much more worth it to actually get food that will preserve your life. You know, make you feel. I mean, food makes you happy. Like the better food that you eat, the more happy you are. The better you perform the better your body like is it's just nutrition is 90 percent of causing of everything and i know with the gym and whatnot that you can work out as much as you want but until you really start eating the right foods and a lot of foods you'll start growing and feeling a lot better and doctors uh they go over nutrition a little bit but not enough they're more you know geared towards prescriptions and like medicines and that but if you just get the right food it can cure some diseases because i know there was uh the show that my mom made me watch so don't let my mom hear about this show because she will sit me down and make me watch this so there's this girl with autism and she didn't eat good food and her parents you know switched her to like broccoli and all these things and she went from like like the top stage all the way to the bottom stage it really made a big impact and i know food really heals and it's you know like i said 90 percent of like what we don't really and we know and we know a lot about this too because we're all former athletes right gavin's a current athlete i got yeah right gavin who's sitting to my left right here is a current athlete um captain of uh varsity uh cross country and track and field um so i mean gavin like have you been in a situation like how much does unhealthy food affect you as a person um 
I mean, there's definitely times to splurge and have. I'm a big ice cream guy, but like, there's just no way you can sustain uh, top performance when you're eating like crap. Like, there's so many ways, um, especially I mean, in America and around where we live, just to to not eat anything actually nutritious. Um, especially when you go out, you have no idea what's in that food. And like we said, it's not real chicken at McDonald's. And lots of the stuff isn't real food. I just find that when I eat real food, I perform way better. I'm way happier. You feel better. I, I've noticed one of the biggest things is that whenever I eat real food, I just sleep way better. Because um, you get magnesium through your food, and magnesium helps you sleep way better. I can agree to that to a certain extent as well. So... Yeah, uh, poisoned. Uh, the dirty truth about your food uh, aired a couple days ago. So Netflix has a. Gavin was telling me on the way here. Netflix definitely has a reputation of releasing good documentaries, and I couldn't agree more. So go ahead and check it out. Just kind of serves to call an action for officials to be more concerned about food safety than we already are. And uh, I think it really could. Um, as much as it probably is going to disgust a lot of us, it's definitely going to open up our eyes a little bit. And that's exactly what we're here to do uh, when we're watching movies and TV shows. Um, as well and speaking of eye openers we're going to kind of tap into our main discussion uh today and that's the sound of freedom so we talked about it last week will and i and last week we said this movie only had a budget of 14 million dollars it released on the 4th of july and so far it's grossed 150 million dollars absurd that's a lot of money it is, especially for a movie. Like I said, I've been on social media um, the the whole month of July and like up to the, uh, literally up to this point, and I haven't seen any advertisements about the movie yet. Even though I've talked about it in front of my phone, like I am right now, and I have like looked it up before the podcast, like day a couple days. I've just looked. I've been searching it and watching the trail. I still haven't seen any ads about it. So all the, you know, the the cookies have tracked me to the movie, yet it's not being pushed at me yet. So that's just kind of the biggest thing is that the biggest wonder about this movie is that it hasn't really been advertised as much as Barbie and Oppenheimer has, which, by the way, is still performing really well in box office. But Barbie's kind of in the lead, has been in the lead for the past, like, two weeks. Um, but this movie hasn't had much attention from the com- like from commercials and, and, and marketing. So where's all this money coming from? And a lot of people have pointed to the fact that the directors have kind of prompted people to pay for other people's tickets. that can't afford it. So a lot of money for uh, such a low budget movie compared to the big giants, uh, the blockbusters that we've already seen in the cinemas. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to kind of jump right into the plot, what we think about the characters, the directing, and overall production quality. And as far as the plot goes, I mean, do you have? Do any of you guys want to kick that part off? Um, I thought that the plot was uh, very moving. and um, Especially the way it starts out. Yeah, definitely. And the, the way it goes full circle at the end. And uh, it's just like really a movie that we haven't, I haven't seen in a while. Like I don't tend to go for those kind of movies, and and what what would you say this kind of movie is? And before Will continues, I'm just gonna say, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize in advance if you hear any spoilers, but they might come out. Just a fair warning. Go ahead. Um, drama, kind of a tragedy, but also a mix of like a like a thriller kind of movie. It's it's like for sure. it's it's not like one of those movies that was made to fit a genre. It's a movie that was made to tell a story. So uh, yeah, that's that's gonna be educational. Yeah, you know, yeah. Sorry, definitely. Um, just this, like, sad and hopeful at the same time. It's it's honestly one of the better movies I've seen this year. Uh, I have to say that out front. This year, twenty twenty three, one of the best movies you've seen. You said yes. So what what does that put Barbie then? Where would you put Barbie in comparison? Because you said last week that you also thoroughly enjoyed the movie and it caught you yeah. by surprise. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I just can't really compare the two because they're so different. Barbie is so um, so fictional, and it's so much of a fictional comedy movie that it's like a different. It's it's just it's just like a different medium almost. Whereas like the Sound of Freedom is so real and so um, so harsh, 
and it's just such a different vibe and uh it really doesn't cut around the corners it really just gives it to you yeah yeah it does and so we're saying it doesn't cut corners and it just kind of gives it to us like in a good way like are we saying that director alejandro gomez um monteverde verde are you thinking he did a great job with this movie or like what are we thinking about i mean this movie is so controversial and i i'm not not sure what you guys are thinking about this I mean, I think I think he did a pretty good job. I think it. I mean, it starts out as two different stories, and I think he does. Um, a he right? Yeah, director. He, uh, he does a really good job of tying the two stories together, and really just um leaving in every detail that really helps you tell the story. Because I felt like um, I was having a hard time uh putting the pieces together at first, and then he just gives you fact after um piece after piece that just really helps you put it together, and yeah. really just ties it all together and. Uh, I feel like once it does that, it just ties you into the story, and you can't stop watching because you have to, you get attached to these characters, and you kind of just want to see what happens. Like, definitely, you want to know exactly, you know, like the process, and you know, which stuff happens, and how they go out there, and you know, track down these things. And I think they really did a good job of putting together the, the exact story, like plot, you know, like the you know the intro, the climax to it. You know, it builds up, it builds just the suspense that you need. I mean, I was engaged for most of the time, and I think it was it was pretty good. You know, better than Barbie, in my opinion. Uh, personally, I didn't like Which Barbie. Which hasn't seen Barbie. I did. I saw oh, it. You he did. did see it. Yeah, I did, what did see, you see it. it. I saw it um, down in D.C. Oh, okay, cool. Um, my bad. Yeah, I was like, I was like, had a little bit of time before my flight, so I was, you know, go watch Barbie. But I did not really enjoy Barbie too much. Um, I think this one definitely takes the lead in that. Still have yet to see Oppenheimer though. Right. And, yep, so, uh, yeah, I'd agree with you guys. I think the plot line was kind of laid out pretty well. It's very untraditional, in a sense, because you think uh, in the movie, like, once the first sting happens, if you guys know what I'm talking about, that that's going to be probably the end. But then you realize that there's still a lot more time left to kill, and then you kind of realize that our main character still hasn't achieved his... um, his sole purpose, I guess, like his his little his mission that he has, our main character. For sure. Um, Jim. Uh, I'm gonna, Tim. Tim. No, no, his no the actor's oh, name. Oh, okay. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna mispronounce his name, but Jim. Um, Cavazel, 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 Cavazel. I don't know, but he's done. I feel like he's done a great job acting personally. I think he delivered quite a good performance. Um, himself, uh, he, he had that he, that stone cold expression on his face. Just kind of told so much, and it's crazy how such a expression can tell a lie. And you can just kind of see like his face red of determination throughout the entire like the the entirety of the movie. He does and a great I, job. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, our whole cast, I think, was great. Even uh, even our our um, the the main character, the the victim. She she and and her casted brother did a great job in their performance as well. And I know as a kid, um, I feel like it was probably it must have been especially hard to be acting in like a uh, in such a environment where like this is something that's very real that actually happens. And given their innocence, it's probably like it's kind of scary. I feel emotional. It is very emotional. I, I feel like. You, like these kids uh, every all the kids that were in this movie really like i mean did a great job i'm proud of all of them for yeah for doing such like something like this because it's it's a very very real issue and like the scenes that they showed is very it, it can be very troubling and upsetting to people even though it's pg-13 i didn't expect it to be too you know graphic or hurtful but like i mean it was up to the extreme extent the, the extent it could have possibly been I think that I wouldn't necessarily say that it was graphic, but it was suggesting, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, all this stuff happened. We're not going to show you it, but we're going to show you the aftermath, and we're going right. to show you the trauma that's in like, the movie. Yeah, you know, and, you know exactly what happened, like yeah. what they were doing. Exactly. But yeah. Which, yeah. Um, definitely really great performances by the actors. Also, I don't believe that there were any high-name actors or actresses in this movie it was mostly indies right yeah yeah um so hopefully this helps them get somewhere higher uh in their careers or get 
book these bigger roles. Yeah. But the problem with this is this movie is um this movie like Barbie is extremely controversial uh across the boards. I feel like honestly I feel like Barbie's a little more controversial right now, but at the same time it does I do, I have seen that the controversies and I've read up on the controversies that have been surrounding uh around this this movie Sound of Freedom. Yeah. Um well, I know one of the biggest uh I don't know if I I would say it's controversial, but it is um the former president Trump has backed this movie and generally when he supports anything there is a uh, crowd of people that will automatically not support this movie. And I don't really myself I don't think like to associate with uh one party one idea so i went into this movie with an open mind and personally i couldn't really see any reason why you would not um why, why you would think that this movie is controversial because it's trying to paint a picture of uh, a real life issue that we have going on in the world and it's not really targeting any political agendas or anything like that if anything it's asking for all of us as um humans to step up to this evil issue that we have going on but it's not saying like oh the, the democrats are doing this or the republicans are doing this it's there there's no mention of politics at all in this movie so i don't know i feel like um if if you have like a true problem with this movie being played uh what what's up man i know <laughs> yeah i couldn't agree more I, I feel like a lot of people are gonna uh are gonna sit back and cry just to cry about something I, sure. th that's just how Always. i feel about it it's like i mean you have a movie that is is backed by a, a controversial person in politics so i guess that automatically means that people should be targeting the movie that's just what it means in today's society as i don't know i watched it as well obviously and i didn't really see anything um i mean wrong with it per se I, other than the fact that or i mean other than the fact that some points felt a little dragged but like that could have just been me just being kind of hungry like towards the tail end of the movie um but i did feel like it was a little bit more dragged dragged off at some points that things took a little bit a little longer to ramp up i can agree with you on that like it i wouldn't say that this is the best made movie ever because it's it's not there's there's flaws in the directing and stuff but the it's more so the message is trying to convey than anything and that's what i also applaud this movie about contra like contrary to what i just said on the other hand um the action in this movie is there but it's not overkill like it's not like one of those fast and the furious movies because upon like being introduced to the ma our, our protagonist um our protagonist um tim ballard um i kind of thought well maybe this movie's just gonna be like like kind of like a like a james bond type movie where he just goes crazy and like kills a bunch of sex traffickers and then like takes a bunch of kids and rescues them but it like quite honestly it had definitely had more of a holistic and realistic approach to how everything happened there was there wasn't really many scenes of just action. I feel like action didn't really take up much of a percentage of the movie. It only happened when you would expect it to actually happen, like in real life, like when it would make sense to happen. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So right. that's that's what I applied the movie for. You don't like in real life. You don't really just want to all take action. You know, you want to see your points, like see how you can strategically do things, and that's like not really how it always works. It's just oh, let's just barge right in. That, that's just not going to happen. Um, you don't want you know any like the kids to get hurt or anything or or die, and I think they did a good point, uh, you know, to get that across. Yeah. And like I was saying, the fact that it kind of doesn't show the, the like action like twenty four seven, and then kind of just shows the struggle between um, our our protagonist and what he has going on with his organization and his promise that he made to to carry out this specific mission. Um, I feel like the fact there's no action in there kind of, again, makes it feel like a more real story and less like I'm watching a movie, more like how it should be. And this movie is based on a true story, which um, which is the biggest thing, biggest part that kind of hits home for a lot of our viewers. 
critics critics have kind of slammed it, but audience the audiences um, have react very positively to it. From what I remember talking about last week, um, we talked about how critics slammed it for being unrealistic. I I think I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it, it's so, getting hit with real hard and like Rolling Stone, Vanity yeah. Fleur, all these articles and, and writers have just been absolutely taking this movie to town. On. Yeah. But on the, uh, like, obviously I don't know what it's really like. Uh, and I was, while I was watching it, I was thinking this, there, this could be unrealistic at some point. Like, not that I ever thought that something seemed unrealistic, but like I was thinking of what that critic in mind and I was saying, hey, maybe this doesn't happen. But honestly, most of the stuff that was in there seemed pretty realistic. Like, um, I, I have to imagine that everything that was in there has happened at some point. Maybe it doesn't happen every day, but it probably has happened at some point. And it's happened at some point in some, like, shape or form. Exactly. And, yeah. it, and like, it happened, like, I mean, sort of how I expected it to, like, the whole luring and stuff of children. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's, that's I mean. That's something that happens. That's, like, I feel like it's one of the more, more common ways in, to get this, like, disgusting industry going. Yeah. You start luring and you start grooming the kids exactly what they were doing. They so, men- like, I don't see what's so unrealistic about that. They mentioned some statistics in the movie. They mentioned how child sex trafficking is becoming the most valuable form of crime or something like that. It makes so much money. It, yeah. ma- it makes, like, like a billion, over $100 billion a year. But I, that's just what the movie told us. I don't know if that statistic is real or not. Um, that would be something... Like, if, it, if that is a fake statistic, maybe that would um, be a reason to pan the movie. But... I, I'm not sure about that. That's just open for discussion. I don't know if are you looking that up right now. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. And it's funny you kind of mentioned banned movie because this movie was originally picked up by a major motion picture and then dropped and then picked up again by Angel Studio, who I'm sure is laughing their way to the bank right now. Oh, yeah. Um, $114 million all the way. So a lot of people... Here we go. Yeah, so... I mean, I feel like you can't really complain by saying it's unrealistic. I mean, if this whole movie was uh, made to build awareness. And like we said, it, it wasn't the most entertaining movie throughout the whole way, but something to build awareness isn't going to be, you know, action-packed the whole way through. Yeah. And also, we, um, we talked about how Barbie was raising awareness for women's rights, but that was probably the most unrealistic movie I've ever watched. So... If this movie is raising awareness for something too, then why is it getting the label of unrealistic? I don't know. Yeah, I. Uh, we really don't know at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I'd hope well, not. we don't know what it's like. So none of us are experts no. here, and thankfully, none of us have had to go through that before. Yeah. So it's. I mean, people are saying X uh, X Y Z is is saying this is unrealistic and inaccurate and unreasonable, and then you have another article that says otherwise. So it's like. I mean, you're 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 telling people to look out for it, and you're telling people to be careful, like like what you're doing with your kids and where you're going with your kids and stuff like that. So at that point, you should just be kind of like, I mean, it, it's doing a, it's doing a purpose, and that's making people aware of how human trafficking happens and where it happens and what to look out for, judging by what kind of what these scenes would look like in the movie when they showed it happening. One thing that I would say though is that it only does show one abduction and um i guess in that sense i don't know if it raises awareness as how to avoid abductions because it does only use one situation like at the beginning of the movie where the the little girl and boy get abducted because their father leaves them in the uh it was like a photo shoot in the photo shoot yeah there well in the beginning of the movie though there was like little um did you see the uh oh you're right the compilation of people just getting kids just getting snatched you're right i forgot about that i mean that yeah that's just that was real footage that's that's just that's real footage uh i believe it was real footage and they added real footage at the end oh wow yeah, well, the end there was. I knew at the end it. Lo- I knew that what must have been real. I didn't know in the. I didn't know uh, what was going on in the. Yeah, couldn't yeah. tell. I mean, I'm assuming, especially with the one where they had, like the circle around them. Like that's obviously like, you know, video footage of where they have to mark the person. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, no, it happened a couple of times. Um, and if it is true that it's real footage in the beginning, then I don't know why people are. You know, people are saying, well, it doesn't happen this way. Well, here's literal footage that tells you it does. So there's that as well. 
Um, I think the production quality of the movie um, was great. I mean, for a movie that only 14 million, I mean, yeah, I think it's done a great job with that. I didn't really see too many flaws, except there were there was some. Con I mean, I would say the director was a little bit lazy with continuity, because um, I feel like there were some shots that were out of place. Um, and I know that there was I uh, counted like uh, a couple of shots where, in particular, when um, a protagonist is holding uh, a kid's hands um, between the two cuts of the two angles. One cut, the hands were held, and then the other cut, they weren't, and it switched back and forth between those shots. So that was a bit um, mentally draining for me to see, and also kind of stunk because when I go to movies, I don't want to like I don't want to watch an editor's timeline. I want to watch like be immersed in my experience, and that kind of cut off my experience a little bit. So it, some editing errors I counted, but again, I'm I'm an editor myself. I don't think you guys caught on to them. No. No, I didn't. I mean, it's an indie movie. You're not gonna get great well 14 million yeah. i feel like that For surpassed sure, indie to be honest with you at that point but it, it i guess low budget would be more pro more appropriate yeah fair it's still a very like i didn't never heard of angel studios before this you're from ohio yeah <laughs> that figures nothing's ohio. in ohio <laughs> shout out all of anybody who's Worst listening state. to this from ohio i love you but yeah <laughs> mom you guys really exist out there I don't think you do, but if you are, you should totally like uh, email the link at the beginning of the uh, video because we want to hear from you and your opinions on. There the you show. go. Well, thank you guess for the star, guess star. Good thank you for out. the shameless oh. plug, dude. We'll have you drive all the way down to Holyoke, Massachusetts, in the middle of nowhere, in the sticks of Massachusetts, the eightieth most dangerous city. In I America. mean, honestly, if you're coming from Ohio, that's like going to like what Tokyo. <laughs> I dropped my freaking water bottle. All right. Well, yeah. So that uh that's the that that's kind of our base rundown of sound of freedom i really think like i said it, it was a great freaking movie i mean it was super sad uh in terms of our recommendations even though it's pg-13 not sure if some people can could handle that um that are like 13 because i feel like some people might not really re recognize the severity of it or they'll just like Gonna be a little too much for some people to handle, especially sure. people who have trauma. Not really a good movie, um, in that sense, because it's, I mean, it's emotional. Yeah, it is very emotional, and I agree to that. To that, and I also, you know, what I love uh, is despite those editing flaws that made me want to like just stop the movie altogether because it got me kind of annoyed. Um, I just loved how um, at some point, you know, you know, a director's done a, a good job with the movie when you're either feel like you're in the world of these characters or you feel the same resentment or you feel the same emotions that your protagonist is kind of I did, um, I felt that. giving off oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. All right. So when you're watching these, um, uh, these, uh, these trafficking organizations, like grab the kids, and, like throw them in the box or whatever, you're not, you're not looking at that as these are just a bunch of actors acting. You're looking at that like angry. If you're feeling upset about it and you're feeling like this is unfair and unjust. So I think they did a good job with that because there are oftentimes when they have movies where they want to tell a message or like say something to you. Um, you just kind of watch and you're like the, like this is like, you don't feel it. You, there's nothing there to feel. There's no emotions to feel. And that's when you know that like there wasn't a, like directing was kind of lacking, screenwriting's lacking, and most importantly, the acting is lacking. But when they showed that close-up shot of our our protagonist Tim Ballard's eyes as he's going through the evidence, like that was very powerful, and I really really liked For like sure. watching that because I could, you could just kind of feel like just be just, even just by just from a set of eyes, you can really kind of just feel the utter emotion, just the utter just anguish and. Um, and passion he has for and sorrow and passion he has for uh i mean not passion he has for getting rid of this kind of plague that's hit 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 us globally so once again sound of freedom guys uh i definitely recommend you go ahead and watch that movie and if anyone here would like to add anything or toss anything into it see it. uh this movie reminded me of the movie taken with uh liam neeson you guys know that one yeah yeah mm -hmm. i mean it's the same thing it's a lot more action-packed obviously it's an action movie but it deals with the the sex traffic, you know, like they they go to the airport traveling alone. I mean, that's just another way. And, you know, I have to go find the kid. He obviously tracks her down, which is, you know, by himself. 
you know, pretty hard and whatnot. So it's not, you know, more realistic. But I mean, there's so, I think there's a whole bunch of more movies out there that are just like obviously not, you know, built like this one or you know made in the story of this one. But there's a lot of things out there, and I think this one really topped all of every single one of them, even if it wasn't meant, you know, to have like the story that this has. I think it just really put out a good message. I agree. And to that, I say, as I always say, ladies and gentlemen, when you watch a movie and you're thinking about watching a movie, don't let the critics completely decide what you're going to do. Um, they'll help to a certain extent. But when it comes to a movie like this that's controversial for some reason, um, then throw it out the window, crumble it up, throw it out the window, close the tab, do whatever you got to do. Because even though this movie's advertised as a Christian or a faith-based movie, the mention of God himself only only occurred three to four times and if like and if more i don't see i don't see why this is again why that's such an issue um because i mean yeah it's like artistic um artistic freedom like you can talk about whatever you want to talk about in the movie and it's not really like controversial yeah exactly my point but again we are we could talk about this movie for like hours on end um but we are um going to be going on break uh in just a little bit so again sound of freedom definitely recommended that everyone should watch it is a tearjerker for sure so if you're your waterworks then uh make sure you bring the tissues and as far as kid goes this is not a kid's movie even though it's pg-13 it's not a kid's movie so don't let your kids watch it unless you're have trust in them that they're mature enough to handle the content uh, in the movie. So, right when we go back to break, we're going to be talking about the mainstream uh, mainstream entertainment trends, the throwback segments, uh, and some of our closing thoughts. So, we'll see you guys in just a little bit. I'm William Shatner, and I've been around a long time, but I'm truly humbled when I see the real battles our brave, paralyzed veterans have faced defending our freedom and when they come home. I had just come home from serving over in Germany. Next thing I know, it was three weeks later, I was paralyzed. While parachuting with my platoon, my parachute didn't open, and I broke my neck. It left me paralyzed for the rest of my life. I was on a routine patrol, and uh, we were in the desert of Kuwait, and the vehicle flipped and landed on top of me, which uh, left me paralyzed from the waist down. Okay, folks, this, this, this is heroism. That's why I'm proud to support Paralyzed Veterans of America, because they've kept their promise to never leave a fallen soldier behind. A roof over the heads, accessible homes and cars, jobs, benefits. PVA has brought me back to life. Show them their sacrifice hasn't been in vain. Go to pva.org to learn how you can make a difference. Welcome back to the Real Life Podcast. I am your host, Will Delgado, joined with Evan Coleman, Will Rukakoski, Gavin Afante. Will, what's going on? Why don't you why didn't you call me why didn't you say Will Word? Well, why didn't you say Papa Word? Okay. Fight, 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 you're fight. You're making me uncomfortable, dude. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so before the uh, before the break, we kind of went over Sound of Freedom and the movie that just came out. On, well, it didn't really just came out, but it came out around a month ago. Um, and what our opinions were about that. So if you missed that, go ahead and rewind back. Um, but uh, yeah. So now we're going to kind of just go into the mainstream entertainment trends and this one's kind of um interesting so we have warner bros uh the film group uh kind of released a public apology uh for uh the account uh controversy um surrounding uh the movie barbie and basically what they're apologizing for is posting um posting memes that kind of like made fun of the bombs and Oppenheimer because uh, about atomic bomb so they were like my bad guys sorry um, and the reason why they apologize was because of the criticism behind whoever whoever PR is for the Barbie movie um, either got fired or you know got reprimanded because there was so much criticism by what they're posting on Twitter 
and uh, Japan. Is now X, by the way. Yeah, on X. Excuse me. Please don't sue me, uh, Elon Musk. I apologize. Buy me a Tesla. Um, but Japan was so enraged by this that they demanded an apology from the U.S., um, which is, I mean, pretty. It's not something that you would see uh, ever happen, but. I mean, I guess it's a very, it is a touchy subject, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess because. You shouldn't really make fun of a bomb that killed a ton of your people in history. Wait, is that what happened? They made a joke about the atomic bomb. Yeah, I, they were making, like, apparently they were, like, trivializing, like, the atomic bomb indis- uh, imagery and, like, being insensitive about the fact that it actually killed a ton of people. Damn. And, like, I can kind of see where they're coming from because that's, like, if you take. 9-11 and then you make a like japan takes 9-11 takes makes a bunch of jokes about it yeah i mean i mean or like the or like afghanistan yeah like right isn't wasn't the taliban from the Af- afghanistan like afghanistan iraq like the, basically the middle east yeah yeah like if afghanistan like started no you're saying like if if I, afghanistan made a movie about 9-11 and then made memes about it on social media Oh yeah, yeah, that that'd be kind of messed up. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so now we see from our perspective how Japan's probably going to feel, how Japan's feeling about it. Yeah. Um but good news for Barbie, uh the PR manager got, got some sense knocked into them uh because they deleted all the tweets. Uh and um they uh even issued apology for insensitive engagement. So there you go. Uh, but a hashtag no Barbenheimer uh, was uh, kind of populated pretty highly on um, X. Thank you. I got it right this time. Elon Musk um, gained a bunch of traction in Japan. Um, and they, yeah, basically it's just like no Barbenheimer basically saying like, screw this movie. I don't know why you guys like it, but no traction. Yeah, I mean. You got one movie that's de- uh, making a point about the history of something that you're that was pretty messed up that happened to you, and then another movie making fun of that thing that happened to you. So, overall, shame on the uh, American entertainment industry for its insensitivity towards Japan. I couldn't. I, sorry, keep going. Uh, I just was gonna say I never thought I'd hear those words come out of my mouth, but hey. Yeah, I don't know. Also, it's like, what do you? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, a, yeah, a bit controversial, a bit uh, um, contradicting coming from a movie that talks about raising awareness for a particular issue and then going ahead and using their Twitter account and just straight up doing the opposite with the particular issue being a tons of people burning alive and getting a ton like, you know, atomic from uh, radiation poisoning, I guess is a good way to put it. To be fair, though, like, that that's, like, a meme that's used a lot in America. Sit around and cry about it anymore. So, but as, but this is interesting. So, Barbie's going to release in Japan um, on August 11th uh, is when it's set to release. And Oppenheimer has not been decided yet. So, I, <laughs> I don't understand how they're going to go about doing that. Like, are they, because um, hasn't. I haven't released. I haven't announced that yet. I think it's really interesting because it's like, I just don't like think what can release it. Like, who in Japan wants to watch a movie about how America like made an atomic made bomb. an atomic bomb that you, they used on them? Like, that's not really their history. And it's like making a movie about nine eleven, and then like oh, let's show it in the United States. Exactly. I mean, we got like documentaries, and, but I mean, yeah, that's different though. Those are American made. Right. That's different, and it's it's. We have documentaries that are that are like American made, um, with like sim like sympathy towards towards us. Mm-hmm. I didn't see Oppenheimer yet, so I don't know if that maybe there is sympathy towards the towards the Japanese. But like, I mean, from what I saw, there, yeah, I mean, there's there's a quote that goes something like "I have become destroyer of worlds" or something like that. I think is what uh what what our protagonist says in the movie. So there's also uh some sex scenes in the movie as well so i don't know if it really uh is uh super sensitive in that in that in that uh aspect but 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I couldn't agree with you. I feel like it's gonna be really awkward release if it does release in Japan, and I, I feel like Barbie's not gonna get much attention either if if it is released in Japan because of the protests. Yeah, through so. social media. So that's what our mainstream uh, mainstream entertainment trend, I guess you could say, It's just kind of Warner Bros. Um, crossing the line with their memes. Gotta keep them in check. Can't let that happen. It's kind of funny that we say that now, like. Like, like it's kind of crazy. That, like how nowadays it's like, can you imagine like a headline like way back when being like, major motion picture has to apologize for releasing uh, a meme about an atomic bomb. <laughs> like, that's so funny to think about. And I feel like when the people the people that were like in twenty twenty three, we're gonna have flying cars. No, we have Warner Bros. Entertainment being really stupid and posting funny memes about atomic bombs. Um. I think it is interesting, though, because I feel like companies have only recently started using memes as a form of advertisement. For sure. Because they, on, like, social media, they used to be very professional, but I've seen all sorts of... They're starting to use social media the way we use social media. Yeah, so just, they're, they're straying away from that professionalism. Yeah, and that can lead to a lot of issues. Like, I've seen multiple, like, things like, oh, yeah, this meme that we posted was actually offensive to, like, some of our customers, like... Right, and then you see like the out of pocketness of like Taco Bell and like Burger King like arguing with each other on on X or or, or yeah, and Wendy's and then and then freaking on and it's not as bad as on, on Instagram and Facebook, but like in tw- in X like particularly, I feel like there's so many unhinged in TikTok, so many unhinged advertising agency and like sorry, um big like big name companies and stuff like that, and it's just like. I think they're trying to win over the like relatability of our generation, but at the same time, you gotta like be careful because you're crossing a very thin line here with what you're posting and what and like what you're putting out there. And I'm sure it's these PR agents and whoever's running the accounts are our age. So honestly, like on that note, shout out to people who make comedy movies nowadays because pretty much I was thinking like any joke that you make could offend somebody. Right. So like if you're actually like. I agree. If you have the guts to make like a really funny comedy, you have to be prepared for so much backlash. Like you can't make a comedy movie without for sure. somebody like being like, "Oh, that wasn't really that funny." Right. Or like that yeah. offended me or something. I mean, they're going to go kind like, of what, what like what do you want me to do about that? Kind of like what's happened with Barbie, just saying it's it's supposed to be a comedy and it's offended a lot of people. Yeah. So, so. it's happening right now as we speak. And a lot of hypocrisy too. But on this day, ready ladies and gentlemen oh yeah barnyard the nickelodeon movie release that's with the talking cow otis yes i love that movie uh and i love that show is that the one where it's like perhaps yes yeah. <laughs> yes that meme is so good that's that meme i love so that meme good. yeah it's just like yeah i have the if you guys uh stop by like the i don't know if you remember i don't know if it's still there in the library back when i used to go to high school and at yeah, hampshire that, that, that cow that, that yeah. i that was me i know i put the, i put that cow there i literally put you yeah <laughs> it's still there uh, where is it is it still oh it should be on the computer cart by by one of the desks in the library i think so yeah i put it there like in sophomore year like because like i just printed it out yeah yeah i i, I, I don't know i was just miss <laughs> belange is pretty chill yeah, she's always been. Um, shout, shout out to her. Yeah, shout out yeah to but like I, 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 <laughs> I remember one day I was just like losing it at the meme. I was just upset. You guys ever get like obsessed with like a video it's, or a meme? Yes, you think it's dude. so funny? I like printed it out and then I just took tape and that was bam. And I'm like, check out the new decoration on the computer cart. And she was like, wow, look at that. Perhaps. And it was just like a cow, just like perhaps. <laughs> and it's just been there ever since, dude. I hope it never gets taken down. Um, so yeah, Barnyard was released with a talking cow, Otis, um, and, the, and like the chicken and the cow and the, like the, the basis of it were like the wolves or the, the, the coyotes were attacking like the chickens. So they like fought it back, whatever. And we, we also find out like how Otis's dad dies and everything. <sighs> Bro's going to go through the whole plot right now. Bro, I love, no, cause I just, I love, I love that movie. Like I, I really just, I don't know. I miss these like, like little like flicks that were released by like Cartoon Network, like Disney, like Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. Like those little hits, like and that don't really talked about anymore. But like, I don't know. They're the essence of my childhood. You know, like the nostalgia coming from watching those movies, and like it wasn't just cartoons too. It was just like everything. You know, like from SpongeBob to like 
freaking uh i mean i didn't really watch teen beach teen beach movie but i'm sure a lot of people like from gavin's age group loved that movie growing up as well yep. uh, ours was more like uh austin and Allie. that was Dude, more I like a tv austin show uh high oh. school musical but that was like when we were like younger younger dog with a blog yeah Dude, dog with a blog <laughs> is so fire They're all really 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 freaking great shows um yeah, there was anything like disney and nick um two like let's i'll say from like the year 2000 to like 2015 just peak peak i don't know do you watch peak the thundermans yes oh. i don't know i didn't like that, that show too much you didn't like the thundermans, oh, the thundermans no were so good dude. no the thundermans was fire no i was more of like a well this i was a nickelodeon kid you were definitely like a. well no thundermans was nickelodeon never mind yes, let me think but I, I i'm more of like a victorious like iCarly, zoe 101 type right. of guy i love those shows Dude, um, good luck, Charlie. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a uh, that was a fantastic Teddy. show as well. And uh, what was the other one? Y'all ever see Wizards of Waverly? Yes, yes, yes. yes dude, bro. That, oh that was, my god. That was Selena Gomez's breakthrough. Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so Ferb. Selena Go that Selena Gomez was my first celebrity crush when I was yeah, a little kid. Bro. It's kind of crazy though, cause like. They've gone so far, it's too. It's crazy how far Selena Gomez has came from Wizards of Waverly Place, cause like she was just like a child actor there, and now she's like. Got like five hundred million Instagram followers. I mean, look at Ariana Grande. Yeah, from yeah. Victorious, she got a huge hit as well. Yeah. So. Sam and Cat. Yeah, that show didn't do as good, but, um, speak. Well, I mean, I guess we're kind of going on unhinged now with Nickelodeon and everything. But speaking of, Jeanette McCurdy actually came to my university, Syracuse University, to talk to us about his, this book that she wrote. Really, you um, saw her? Cause she hates um she hates being identified as like a character she plays, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, like, she hates being identified as Sam Puckett. I don't think she hates being identified as anyone else, per se. Like, she hated she hated her time on, on uh, Nickelodeon, from what I get from the book. But I didn't see her, unfortunately, because it was a Syracuse football game at the same time oh, that she was talking. Priorities, Papa. <laughs> but uh, it was a big game. I think it was a bowl. It was a game that would determine if we made it to the bowl, I think. Like, the like a bowl game. So I went. You won, right? Yeah. You're yes. better. And we That's rushed better. the field. Uh, and then we lost six straight after that. But anyway, <laughs> and we and we lost in the pinstripe bowl by like twenty. But anyway, um, yeah, Jeanette McCurdy came by and she's great speaker. So again, back at the barnyard released on this day, uh, great movie. Kind of want to watch it now. Probably won't when I get home, but it's ha- it's responsible for a lot of my memories. Perhaps another you know. great movie that came out on this day, Talladega Nights Woo! with Will Ferrell. Oh yeah, just amazing movie. Um. Anything Will Ferrell in the his earlier stages of his career. I know we like took a fat dump on him last week, but for Barbie. For Barbie, yeah, he did not do a good job in that movie and like some of his other recent movies have been mid, but his like early 2000s movies Chef's Kiss, peak comedy, Shake and Bake, baby. Elf. I I'm personal. That might be my favorite Christmas Yeah, movie. I watched that movie a while ago for the first time. Good. It was good. It's time to start talking about Christmas movies. I think it was. I think I did watch it like a Christmas season as well. I think it was last year. Right, Carrie's something playing in my head right now. Bro, what? Countdown From, to Christmas. Yeah, bro. No, it's too early. For, we gotta get through oh, fall first. Dude, Christmas. it's literally August 4th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, actually. <laughs> Not even in school yet. But the movie we all, speaking of things that we uh, weren't quite fond of, um, the Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie equal, uh, came out as well. I wonder. What, I'm gonna check the reception on that because we predicted it to be mid. Well, it co- it comes out on this day. Okay, I'm I'm still gonna see. What is it, dude? Ninety five percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my god! I mean, it's just like a feel good movie, probably. That's just, like, really surprising. Yeah, so this cast of the Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah. Turtles includes Jackie Chan, Brady Noon, Nicholas Cantu, and Mika Abbey. So you got some. So they have some young actors playing, um, like, Michael, Ma, Michelangelo, Raphael, uh, Donatello, like, all those, like, the, the turtles themselves. So they're going to sound like they're, like, because they have young kids playing them. They're not going to sound like they're, like, older. Is it um, live action? No, no it's, it's a cartoon. Yeah, I'm actually really surprised though. It's 95 percent on 138 reviews and audience score. What did we just go over a couple minutes ago? How just audience score checks out too, though, with over 250 reviews, giving it a 94. So, both audience and uh, critics 
agreed right. that it was a really good movie. We could give it the benefit of the doubt, or we can just say, I mean, that could just be moms right. like that are happy that their kid like was sat down quietly for a little cry. bit. I mean, Crispy Concord said that it was good, so if Crispy says that it's good, then it's good. Perhaps it is. Let's go. I don't even know who that is, but facts. Yeah, <laughs> you know who Crispy Concord is? I do. Shout out Crispy. Yeah. Guys, sub to Crispy. Right. I agree. What Evan said. But... Anyway, yeah, so we did plunge a little bit into the Nickelodeon uh, universe and everything like that. So I was kind of sorry for diverging a bit. But if you guys did find it interesting and you did enjoy it, go ahead and let us know at uh, Real Life Podcast on Instagram or podreallife at gmail.com. But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it uh, for today's episode. We really um, dive deep into um, what we, I mean, we started it off with, I mean, it was a really sadness, like like depression-heavy episode with Angus Cloud. Paul Rubin, um, the Poison movie, uh, and then of course Sound of Freedom. Um, but we kind of ended it off a little more lighthearted with the. I mean, I guess the insensitivity isn't lighthearted, but the fact Warner Bros. has to apologize for a meme is kind of. I mean, I don't think the fact they have to apologize is silly, but I think the fact that that's where we're at right now today, where Warner Bros. has to do something like that, is is kind of humorous. Um, and then of course Back at the Barn, Italian Dega Nights, what a classic! So. Again, that's going to do it uh, for today's episode. We thank you all so much for listening. My name is Evan Coleman. Will Rikikoski. Gavin Fonte. And, of course, your host, ladies and gentlemen, Will Delgado, signing off from the Holyoke Media Center in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Have a great day.